got my pocket full of sand, sand, sand. I don't really give a damn, damn, damn. You can read it in my hand. I don't really give a damn, damn, damn. Got my pocket full of sand, sand, sand. I don't really give a damn, damn, damn. You can read it in my hand. guys alex mcdonald joined by danielle munoz what's up danny nothing how you doing i'm doing well this is uh tps report for thursday april 13th 2023 it's good to be back it is good to be back thank you everyone for tuning in i have an experiment to do tonight danielle yeah um so last weekend i went to play poker with some friends and uh i picked up some beer on the way but I enjoy driving, so I picked up non-alcoholic beer, right? Because it's a to get to the poker game, it's an hour there, hour back, and I don't want to be drinking and driving. Yeah, no. So I got spicy. some. Uh, I I generally pick up the zero alcohol Heineken, um, but my beer guy happened to have this in uh, in stock zero oh. uh, zero alcohol Guinness, which um, I've just noticed on the can says malt beverage. So I'm basically drinking a Zima. Yeah, you are. But I'm going to uh, I'm going to try it. I'm going to it has a widget in it. It oh, has one okay. of those All right, then. has one of those bowls. Nice. So I'm going to pop that open Mark's here. and hey, uh, Mark. hey Mark, what's going on, brother? And well, I mean it looks some pores like a Guinness, I guess uh I grabbed some not non-alcoholic could... wine while I was downstairs so that you don't have to drink alone. Get up here. Oh, look at that. It's not even a it's not any not even a pint smells just like guinness looks look at it looks just like guinness it's settling like guinness and it uh, is oh wow it sure is yeah but it says malt beverage on the can so we shall see it looks a little less thick does it i mean it looks kind of looks less thick to me does it look is that just the light no it's about the same it's uh i'll tell you what I'll tell you what, there's, there's no difference. So Guinness, don't ever drink Guinness out of bottles. Right. Fair warning. It's nasty. Guinness on tap obviously is the best way to go, but Guinness in the cans, Guinness draft out of a can isn't bad. Um, this is tastes exactly the same as Guinness draft out of a can. And apparently it's just manly Zima. Right. Malt, malt beverage. I like that. I'm okay with that. All right, then. Yeah. Hey, so I didn't mention this to you earlier because I figured you'd get all squeezed out and I'd only get to have this conversation with you once and I'd rather do it on the air. So we've been, you know, kind of talking, having this sort of running conversation about the whole Dylan Mulvaney sponsorship thing and I think, and feel free to jump in because I do not want to put words in your mouth, but I I feel like your stance is that if you're going to boycott, say, Bud Light, you need to go whole hog and boycott all of the things that are... Yeah, you got to boycott all the InBev beverages, yes. And I kind of thought about that when you said it, but I really didn't care because I don't drink Bud Light, but... I think you know that I thought that Dylan Mulvaney also had a brand deal with Tampax, which I haven't had to use in a while, but 
it has come the occasion that I had to think about buying some Tampax. So I, and I thought about it and I was not going to buy a brand that a woman's brand that had a brand deal with a man that was pretending to be a woman. Right. And especially in the farcical way that he is yeah. like to me, he's just a troll. He doesn't even call himself a woman. He calls himself a girl. So I was not going to have anything to do with that, but and turns out, turns out you can't buy feminine hygiene products that aren't somehow affiliated with the company that owns Tampax. Well, no, because I think that it's okay to just boycott the product. Like, I don't feel like I have to not buy anything that has ever been. I think it's Procter and Gamble, okay. which is everything made by paper. But, and honestly, if I thought that that was the thing, I would not buy another thing ever made by Procter and Gamble. Sure. But I don't think that, I think that it's okay to just boycott the product that's endorsed by that person. Sure, that's fine. Like, that's... you know, and I think that, Sometimes, you know, it's okay to do what you can do until you can do more and then you do more. You know what so I mean? I'm, I'm just talking about my own principles and my own personal experience. It. What other people choose to do that is entirely up and, to them. Um, and I, I don't disagree with what you said, right? And I think it's more insidious than that. D Dylan Mulvaney's not even trans. He's, he's playing a trans right. woman who is playing a woman. Right. He's not genuine about either of them. I'd cut him. Right. I'd, I'd probably cut him a break if he was actually trans, but he's right. not. And he's acting the part. And I don't. I, go on. With what little that we know about him, I don't even believe that he has the mental the mental illnesses that we see in other people that are afflicted with this you know, transgenderism, as we've heard other people refer to it, this, you know, transness, this social contagion. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. But come to find, and I actually did some research before boycotting this brand that I've used literally my, the vast majority of my life. And he didn't actually have, Tampax had nothing to do with him. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh no, we do not have a brand deal yeah. with this person Bud, or with the other creepy. Yeah. Bud Light are backpedaling a bit now. And hairs are bush. Funny? Their, uh, upper, their, their upper echelons are saying, we had nothing, we didn't know anything about this. They're, they're saying that nobody in upper management knew about this. And that would include that mark, that new woke marketing director. I, right. I listen, I don't think she's necessarily come out and washed her hands of it, but they're saying it was a low level marketing employee that, that did this. Now I call BS on that low level marketing employees. I don't believe get to make decisions like this and get to cut checks that way. But Hey, maybe InBev do things a bit differently. But it's like I said, they could put a, I said, this got me in trouble on Facebook, by the yeah, way, and I don't know why, but I posted that they could put a transgender leprechaun getting blown by a drag queen on a can of Guinness, and I would still drink That's it. That's not what got you in trouble. What got me? What did you, you reworded it to say that. Oh, that yeah, no, the, the nice one that got version. me, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, yeah. Got, got me into trouble on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook, this is our last show on Facebook, period. We're, we're leaving the platform on our terms. Uh, we explained it the other night. Don't know, uh, don't know who was watching. Don't know who heard that. Um, but we're, 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 I'm not going to play by their arbitrary, ever-moving set of goalposts. Um, so we're leaving Facebook and if you watch us on Facebook and you want to keep watching us, head on over to rumble and, uh, watch us there. That's what we're going to be doing is broadcasting on rumble from now on. I don't on. see any Facebook comments. All no. of our comments are coming from rumble. So that's good. I think Richard Bradshaw did comment from Facebook earlier. Don't know if he's still here. Um, Mark's oh, here. What's up, hey, Mark? Uh, Peggy hey, Mark. is here. Joy is here. Rita is here. Hi, guys. Hey, Peggy. Hey, sister. Thank hey, you all for tuning in. We got a lot to talk about tonight. And we really need to get into it. Um, although I, I don't. Oh, I know what we were going to start with. Um, 
so bothered by this. I'm glad I'm drinking wine. Let's just play the video. <laughs> and suck my tongue. Um, that's the Dalai Lama. Mm -hmm. That's the Dalai Lama. Honestly, listen, if I'm being honest here, he could take a page out of the Catholic playbook and uh, be more professional about this. Right. Do it behind the curtain so that you don't get caught. That's how the pros do it. But that's the Dalai Lama, a, um, I don't know, so for some reason, a religious icon. Let's have another, let's have a look. Let's have a, take a closer look at this. And suck my tongue. <laughs> it goes on for there. Thankfully, the kid yeah, did not. Don't in fact, suck his tongue. Oh, I thought he did. No, he did. Or at least okay. I, I don't think the video I saw the longer, I didn't zoom in on the longer cut because I don't particularly want to see a young boy sucking on a pedophile's no, tongue. No, me neither. I, to I be honest with you. with you. I thought you had cut it out. Uh, Janine's here. Hey, Janine. Um, Janine was hey, Janine. on uh, over on Rumble as well, I think. Oh, no, just on Facebook. Uh, remember, Janine, we're leaving Facebook tonight. After tonight, we will no longer be there. Bill Campbell's here. What's up, Bill? Good to see you. Happy birthday, um, Bill. Yeah, Peggy Brown. Um, hopefully, Michelle and all the guys will be tuning in shortly. Um, hopefully, Bill has had a fabulous birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. That's right, Bill. Happy birthday, brother. So what's the deal with the Dalai Lama? I know nothing about it. He's some kind of Buddhist, right? I don't yeah, know. he is the Tibetan Buddhist leader. Okay. He is like the highest holy figure in Tibetan Buddhism. So he's like the Pope of Buddhism. Tibetan Buddhism, yes. Okay. Um, turns out, bit of a pedophile, a keen pedophile dude that seriously makes me so sad out in the open out in public and naturally cnn came to uh cnn came to his defense you've met the dalai lama many times have you sucked his tongue i have not uh the dalai lama is a very playful human being and we the dalai lama is a very playful we'll go back to that he's a very playful human being um i mean Maybe a bit too playful with your kids. Maybe. Is that how you justify that behavior? If you're an American news organization, you say he's a he's a playful character. I don't know. Let's take the let's see what else. You've met the Dalai Lama here. many times. Have you sucked his tongue? I have not. Uh, the Dalai Lama is a very playful human being. And we may see this in a weird kind of gross sexualized way yep, we do but this is about as sexual as a bowl of plain rice there is nothing sexual erotic or erotic happening in this encounter as you can see by the reaction of the people who are there so because a room full of pedophiles laughed there's nothing well, to see here nervously like yes yeah a little bit nervous is it more like a oh shit did that just yeah, happen the camera's um, on Leave it to CNN to defend the indefensible, quite right. frankly. We're going to have a long conversation, not long, but we're going to have a conversation tonight about the media. A lot, of, a lot of the stories we're going to cover relate directly to the media. The media, the legacy mainstream media, haven't been considered trustworthy for a very long time in my opinion too many too many examples of dishonesty of a lack of ethics and of bias in the media if you want an example of how bad the leftist media have gotten that video is it where 
we watch something with our own two eyes. And in, in our culture, a grown man, in this case, an elderly man, asking a young child, a young boy, to suck on his tongue is unacceptable in our society, in our culture. I don't know what culture that is actually acceptable, to be honest with you, but according to this guy on CNN, nothing sexual and nothing and nothing inappropriate took place there because the people in the room laughed. You know what other rooms people laugh in? They laugh in libraries when drag queens are putting on shows for their kids. They right. laugh in bars when young kids are stuffing dollar bills into the G-strings of drag queens. Is it acceptable because simply because people are laughing? Is it suddenly acceptable behavior? No, and nervous laughter is what adult people do when they're in a situation where they're uncomfortable, but there's nothing they can do. Like, there's nothing those people could have done if they thought the Dalai right. Lama was being inappropriate. Right. They couldn't do anything. I mean, the parents could. The parents could have got up there, punched him in his Dalai Lama nose, and snatched their kid up off the stage. But then you can say the same thing about American parents that allow their six-year-olds, their six-year-old boys to put on uh, drag queen clothes and go perform for a room full of drunk perverts. Because that's what's happening in America right now at these uh, child drag shows. Look, I don't want to stay on this any longer because it's disgusting. If, if the Dalai Lama is part of your religious experience, I would maybe suggest looking to a different icon or at maybe least a ask different some questions. Religion, or at least ask some like, questions. Yeah. Like maybe, and maybe we are wrong. Tell like you what, maybe, the Catholics are breathing a sigh of relief right now. Maybe we are wrong. But yeah, if, yeah, maybe. Dodge that bullet. Examine what you think you know or your experiences right. that you've had. Right. Um, and let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on to something equally as ridiculous to be honest. Hey Dondra. Hey pork chop. Hey Dondra. Hey Phil. What's going on? Um, the U S women's national team. Why? I don't, I don't know why they're called that because it, uh, the United States women's national team doesn't even say soccer. We all know what it is obviously, but right. why is the women's soccer team not called the women's national soccer team? It's irrelevant. It's, it's, you I know, think they are, I, I mean, here their, their, their acronym is USWNT. It's the U S women's national team that's is what that means. Soccer. Yeah, nobody I know. calls them our national team. I mean, nobody gives a shit. I mean, that's, that's soccer. their official team name though. And I don't know why it doesn't say women's national soccer team, but whatever, it's completely irrelevant to what's going on here. A, um, Megan Rapinoe, Oh, wait, that's just a picture caption. A total of 40 professional Olympic and Paralympic athletes signed a letter opposing a transgender sports ban, which is under consideration in the U.S. House of Representatives, Danielle. U.S. women's national team veterans, Megan Rapinoe and Becky Sauerbrunn, and uh, retired WNBA star Sue Bird, are among the athletes to lend their names and support to the letter, which was sent Monday to have to the House of Representatives legislative directors. Excuse me. Riley Gaines had something to say about this, Danielle. Let's jump over there. Uh, women's uh, champion swimmer, or I don't know if she's champion, maybe second place swimmer. Riley Gaines had something to say about this. Um, she, in response to this tweet from uh, Fox News, she called it faux feminism. But then she went on to comment about this herself individually. She said, um, 
in reply to Megan, Megan Rapinoe, she said, it's worth noting that number one, you're done with your athletic career. And number two, because you aren't sexually attracted to men, it's unlikely you will ever have a daughter to defend. To me, this looks like a That's classic. That's not a fair statement. I know. To me, this looks like a classic case of virtue signaling because you have nothing to personally lose. I can respect opinions that differ from my own, and everyone is entitled to think or speak independently. But I can't help but think Megan Rapinoe would genuinely shiv any male who tried to take her spot on the U.S. women's national team. And I agree with that. I bet she's absolutely right about that. Megan Rapinoe would not be taking this stand if she actually had something to lose over this. Well, we talked about Megan Rapinoe when she got the whatever award it was. She did she get the Medal of Freedom, whatever award she award I'm air quoting she got because she said that um, that people who opposed transgender women competing in sports were taking it all too seriously. And it's just a game. Yeah. Listen, I think she said a lot of ridiculous things in the in the name of virtue signaling things that she probably would not have said when she was on the national team. The only stand she took while she was actually playing was equal pay. It's the only stand she took publicly at the time. And now they steal money from the men. Now they steal money from the men. Yeah. The men are subsidized. The men are subsidizing women's soccer. But now that her career's over, or at least her women's her national yeah. team career, because I think she just signed a deal to to play for a um, state team uh, or a city team, whatever they, I do. You, you don't have the Premier League, so I don't know what you would call it here. Um, but I think she just signed a deal to play for a uh, a team here in the United States. Um, do we have that here? What women's soccer? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, I'm actually a sports fan, and I don't care. Like, I don't even know. Okay, fair so, enough. Like, that's literally how little we care fair about enough. soccer here. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's like women's basketball. Rarely anyone, barely. Actually, that's not true. Right. Women's basketball, I think a bunch of people show up for. Women's it's soccer. College. Women's uh, college basketball women watch. Okay. I mean, people watch. Okay. Women's soccer, I don't think is is anywhere near as popular as uh, the ba- the female basketball, um, which is hence which why is they have to take as, money from the men's teams right. to subsidize their salaries. Which is not because, as popular as like, I don't know, competitive supermarket shopping. Exactly. Because they're not covering their own nut. Right. Um but yeah, they are they're they're on the uh trans athlete bandwagon. No thought or consideration to the to the girls it's going to displace. To the girls that are going to lose scholarships and, you know, lose out on opportunities that they uh would not otherwise have and they don't see the irony that they bitch about, oh, it's patriarchy. Men get paid more than us. It's a patriarchy. It Maybe bothers my me wage that Sue Bird's getting in on this because Sue Bird is an announcer for ESPN. So she announces, like she works with Drea. She announces um, women's college, ba- along with other sports. But a big one to me is women's college basketball because when men get into women's basketball, we're going to be in trouble. And it just, Rapinoe was not involved in this anymore. She doesn't care, but Sue Bird is, and she's a big name. And it, it disappoints me to see her name in this because she has a huge name in basketball. Yeah. And she knows, she knows. Sure. You know, because those girls grow up playing with the boys because they're their friends and they grow up together. Sure. And when all their spots get taken by men. After years of bitching about the wage gap and bitching about the patriarchy, when all of the women's spots get taken by men, they'll take a step back and say, oh, we done goofed. Right. We done goofed. And by then it will be too late. Women's sports will cease to exist. 
worse, maybe not worse yet, but when some of the women's spots get taken by men and the women start getting hurt. Yeah. Yes. You know, because basketball is a very physical sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Only takes a few of them to get hurt. Um, listen, I'm, I'm, it makes it, I'm disgusted by it, to be honest with you. Again, I want to make it clear. We have no problem with everyday trans folks doing their everyday trans things. I draw the line at men competing against women, men beating up on women. I draw the line there. Right. And I'm not going to respect them. I'm not going to dignify them. I'm not going to use their chosen pronouns. They are men competing against women. I don't care how much surgery they've been through. I don't care how much hormone replacement therapy they've been through. They are men competing with women. They will always have that biological advantage and they are stealing opportunities away from women. Right. And men are going to end up getting blamed for this ultimately because at the end of the day, women are, women are going to look at this the same way I do. Why are men doing this to us? And we're all going to bear the brunt of it. And people are going to say, why didn't you speak up? Well, we are speaking up and we get into trouble for speaking up, but I'm going to continue to speak up because it's unacceptable. If you're over 18 years old and you choose to be transgender that's entirely up to you. Keep your kids out of it and don't take opportunities away from women. At least be graceful right. about it. Be graceful about it. It's the least they can do. That's all I have to say about that. Anything else hey. you want to... No, just I was just going to say to our new friends that are migrating over to Rumble, thank you for doing that. If you want to comment on Rumble, find the live chat section. Don't comment in the comment section because we won't see it. Yes. Um, I saw Michelle was here. Uh, Janine's here. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Janine. Bacon's here. Hey, Bacon. Bacon's and Dondra. Here. Hey, Dondra. What's up, Bacon? And there's a bunch of people watching on Rumble right now. Click the live chat. Jump in the chat and... Uh, Say hi to us. Up. Let us know you're there. And uh, we can, in fact, bring you all up on the, the screen if you want your comment up there. Some people might not. Some people might not want their comments up there, but we, we I mean. We I, would I, love to have y'all's yeah, comments We'd love up to have there. your comments. Good, bad, or uh, good, bad, or ugly. Alex likes the ugly ones. I like Especially the, when he's drinking beer on I like the spicy ones. It's non-alcoholic Guinness. I swear to God, it, it, it's, it's, I finished um, my non, non-alcoholic wine. It says, uh, zero, uh, 0 0.5 alcohol by volume. So I guess there's a little bit in there. Malt beverage with it's natural a, flavoring. Grima. It's, it's, it's Zima. A, it's a Guinness Zima. It's, it's a, a damn Zima, but I'll tell you what, it tastes just like Guinness. It's amazing. Well, good. Yeah. I'm happy with that. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about some, uh, let's talk about this. Fucking Elon, let's talk about Elon Musk and the media, shall we? Um, let I me try ask you, not to like Elon so much, but I like him so much. Yeah, he's growing on me, man, I'll tell you. Let me ask you a question. When you think of, when you think of large media organizations, do you ever consider Twitter in that sphere? Honestly, no. No, I do because I get an awful lot of my news from Twitter. Right. And I understand that that news is coming from other sources, but I'm getting it right there in my Twitter feed. So I actually consider Twitter to be a, a, at least a news source, maybe not a news organization. What's I have the, a, what like dogpile. What is that called? The thing that compiles it's a, like RSS feeds. Yeah. Where you, you just add the feeds and it compiles for you. It's, it's kind of like that, right? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling, it's a little speculation, I have a feeling that Twitter is 
going to become an actual news organization, right? So Elon's already talking about hosting a video service that he wants to rival YouTube. And I hope he does. Um, but, but he's as, I think Elon Musk is as skeptical of the legacy media as the rest of us. And who can blame him after the treatment he got from the media when he bought Twitter, right? Even though I still, to this day, don't think he actually wanted to buy Twitter and he tried to get out of it and they called his bluff and all of a sudden he owns Twitter and he's out a bunch of money and he's losing more and more every day. You know, we've all done that on eBay where you get into an auction. And, and you, you, bid, you just keep winning. bidding up your used you Kindle. Start, yeah. And, you know, and you, you're fighting with somebody and, you, you, you know, you want to win. And so you end up paying more than you spend meant to pay. Spend twice as much for a used Kindle than you should have spent. Yeah. But I think he's just as, uh, uh, I don't know, despondent at the legacy media as the rest of us. And right. I have a feeling that Elon Musk is going to morph Twitter into a media company. Wouldn't surprise me to see Elon Musk hiring journalists and launching the the TNN, the Twitter News Network, or something. And of course, your sort you'll be able to get all that news on Twitter. Um, that speculation wouldn't surprise me if you saw it coming. But let's talk about what he has been doing recently. Maybe in a preemptive, maybe preemptively to slap to slap badges on his uh, on his competition who knows but he slapped NPR recently National Public Radio he slapped them with a state affiliated media badge which has now morphed into government funded media i believe and NPR ooh boy so did NPR get pissy about this they um Piss so so pissy, in fact, that they've said they're leaving Twitter. I mean, whatever. I think that would be a shame because, listen, I, I read some of NPR's blatantly biased coverage, but I do read it. You know what I mean? If it comes across my feed, because I do follow them on Twitter, and, uh, and occasionally I'll click on a, a story. It is blatantly biased, but this is what happens when you're government funded. Um, they got pissy, though, because they're claiming they are, in fact, not government funded, Danielle. I want to play part of an interview that took place on, um, uh, I don't know what it was on. I think the channel name's on here. Um, this is the COO of NPR having a little jibber jabber with one of his uh, Marxist media mates. Let's listen to a bit of this. You don't want to be in, you don't want to be in the in the middle of all this, right? You just wanted to use Twitter to push out some of the content you guys produce. All songs considered, one of my favorite as well. Um, what's going on here? Thanks, Brian. I you know it, really this isn't about Elon Musk. It's about independent journalism. And when Twitter decided to call us state affiliated and then to change it to government funded, that just questions our independence. And that's unacceptable to us. It would be a disservice to our audiences who expect fact-based journalism from us to support a platform and to be active on a platform uh, that essentially undermines what it is that we do. So we think that it's just, we have a responsibility to our audience. But does it, uh, Will, I would say this as a long, listen, again, a longtime NPR listener, uh, Planet Money, <laughs> all songs considered, does it undermine you to, for me to see that on my Twitter feed? Does it really matter that much? I'm just curious. I don't think it does. It does because... Because, Brian, every single post that would go out would say we are government-funded. And by their own definition, which I can read to you, which says government-funded media is defined as outlets where the government provides some or all the outlets funding and may have varying degrees of government involvement over editorial content. That is simply factually untrue. And if we were to, to continue to propagate posting on the platform, it would just be a falsehood every single time we posted. So we just don't think that is an acceptable it's way not, to and operate. By the way, it's not, a, it's not entirely accurate either because I myself have donated to WXPN, which is a fantastic music station, by right. the way, in, in Philadelphia. Um, 
so how do you fix this? Would you, is there a scenario here, and maybe Mr. Musk is watching, who are listening, who knows, that you would stay on Twitter if that was removed? No, and just to be clear, Brian, we're absolutely not posting on Twitter, um, and our 52 uh, corporate accounts will no longer be posting on Twitter. We've given our journalists and our reporters the ability to to make up make their own decisions. But oh, so it's a virtue signal. Hang on, they are partially government funded and that's what the definition says well this is and and he he lied a lot but again this is this is what we're talking about this is the mainstream legacy media they're not their relationship with the truth is tenuous Tenuous at best best. right he lied a lot in that uh in that store in that uh interview one percent of their funding he claims comes from government. Even if it's just 1%, it fits the definition. Part or all. 1% is part. Yeah. NPR operates independently of the U.S. government. And while federal money is important to the overall public media system, NPR gets less than 1% of its annual budget on average from federal sources. NPR receives federal funds indirectly because they play a vital role in supporting member stations through annual grants. So in addition to the 1%, there's also annual grants to its supporting member stations, Daniel. So there's another lie. Mm -hmm. Another lie is that, hey, we only get 1% of our total budget from government. Thing is, that 1% isn't accurate either. Right. NPR and its member stations rely predominantly on contributions from listeners to maintain operations, followed by corporate sponsorships. Only 4% of funding in fiscal year 17 came from federal, state, and local governments, according, according to NPR. It was 4%. However, on average less than 1% of its annual operating budget comes from federal agencies. It fills 4% of its budget from state and local and federal combined, and on average, less than 1% of its operating budget from federal agencies. But then there's the grants, that we right. grants aren't free money grants right. are taxpayer money here's the thing we don't actually know how much npr gets in total tax money from the from united states taxpayers on the federal state and local level combined because it's virtually impossible to track because all of their affiliates get their grants independently there are hundreds of these NPR affiliates, Danielle, they're all part of NPR. The funding, right. the, this this tax exempt organization, gets all of it. Uh, we don't know how much it is. It could be sixty percent. It could be eighty percent. It could just be ten percent. We don't know. We know that it was four percent in two thousand seventeen. We know it averages about 1% of simp purely federal money, but that's just the median. That means some years it's more, other years it's less of federal money. But you add in state and local, and then you add in grants, we've no idea how much it is. So I understand that they don't want to be labeled as state media. I get it. No credible news agency wants to be labeled as state media. If you don't want to be labeled that way, stop taking our money. Yeah, don't be state media. It's that simple. Yes, don't be state media. Right. It's that. It couldn't be any more simple. There's another state media organization that... Elon Musk took to task. It's the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, the Beeb, 
as it's affectionately known back home in England. Is it really? Yeah. That's awesome. The Beeb. The BBC is, is the very definition of state-owned media. They're funded, this may surprise some of you here in America, they're funded by television and radio licenses. Not licenses purchased by networks. Broadcasters? Yeah, not, they're not licenses that the broadcasters have to purchase that funds the BBC. These are licenses that every citizen in the United Kingdom has to buy if they own a television or a radio. You buy a TV license or you buy a radio license or you buy both. And they're not cheap. The last time I checked, it was about £250 a year for a television license. That's that's about $450. $450 for the right to watch TV. Holy cow. Don't think for a second that your cable's free. It's not. You still have to pay for that monthly. All that does is it funds the BBC and it gives you the right, the legal right to have a television in your home. They have an entire police force dedicated to enforcing the television licensing rules. Danny, shut up. Swear to God. They have these vans that drive around with signal detectors that see if that can detect whether you're, receiving uh broadcasts into your home and if 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 it says that you do not have a license they will come in and arrest you and fine you and potentially lock you up in jail for having an illegal uh for for illegally watching television they really do that i swear to god this is the god's honest truth it's the queen's or the king's honest truth i should say Go look it up. You have to have a TV license in the UK. That is the very definition of state-sponsored media. Yeah, it is. The BBC aren't arguing about their state-sponsored media badge. They know who they are, right? They know who they are. But they did get uh, one one of their little BBC, I'm going to say journalist, and I use the term loosely. One of their journalists got Elon Musk in an interview and um oh poor guy elon just beat the hell out of you don't him. want to be, you don't want to be in, you don't want to be in the in the Whoa. middle of all this right you just Come want on, to man. use twitter to content you don't like or or hateful what do you mean to describe a hateful thing yeah i mean you know just content that will solicit a, a reaction something that may include something that is let me set this up i should have set it up this guy is talking to Elon Musk about the the Twitter platform since Elon's purchase and how he's starting to see more hateful hateful content on his Twitter feed. And this was Elon responding to the, let's say, accusation. Is slightly racist. Content you don't like or or hateful? What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, just content that will solicit a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if I'm, something is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I, no, is that I'm what you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying. Well, I'm just curious. What you, I'm, I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful con- content, and I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether my feed whether it's got less or more it, i'd say it's got slightly more that's what i'm asking for examples can, right. you, can you name one example i, I honestly don't you honestly you I don't, can't name I, a single example i'll tell you why because i don't actually use that for you feed i don't actually use that feed um socratic debate right I'm not a huge fan of it. I I think I I prefer other forms of debate personally. I prefer to present what I believe to be the the best form of the argument and debate it on its merits. But but Socratic debating using the Socratic method, it's an it's an accepted form of debating. Um effectively 
what it's designed to do is eliminate hypotheses until you're left with the most logical outcome. Am I getting that somewhat close? Yeah, yes. That's what it's designed to do. And it's effectively just uh, pressing people on, questioning effectively people. Which is fine. It's a, it's a valid form of deb- debate. I prefer the the best. Uh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. No, say? just Socratic. Th- this Socratic form of debate only works if you're aggressive enough not to back off. You have to ask the questions. Yes. And it makes me exceptionally uncomfortable. I don't like it. And even just the way that they are set up in this interview is is primed for this type of oh, debate. Oh, absolutely. There's, this is face-to-face confrontational. Yes, they're in yeah. each other's face. There's nothing between them. Yeah. They're not in like chairs where they can sit back. They have to sit forward so that they're engaged. Yeah. Oh, the whole thing makes me physically uncomfortable. We'll watch the rest of it. But my my biggest issue, again, again, I, I, I'm okay. Socratic debate, perfectly legitimate. My The reason I rarely, if ever, do it is because it doesn't present your argument, right? You're simply pressing people on their argument. It's, it's not really a debate well, at the end can, of the day. You can use the questions, like you can use your opportunity to question to present your argument. You know what I mean? Like You can, like, but I think in every, every debate is going to be different. Right. When I see when I see Paul, Stephen Crowder is very fond of the Socratic style. And I think his own I think his own message, his own form of the argument gets lost through yes. through arguing with his opponent rather than simply presenting the best form of the argument. The reason I mention this is because Pay attention to what Elon doesn't say. Read anymore because I I just don't particularly like it. But you and said actually, a lot of people a lot of people are quite similar. I I, I only well, well, I only look well, at hang my, on a second. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I well I, then I how did you see the hateful content content? Because I've been I've been using I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the you for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right, and, and I, you can't I, give a single one. And, and, and I'm saying, I, I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you. I would say he's a liar, is what I would say. I would say you didn't bring the receipts, and that you're just now lying, and you're lying for the headline. You're not lying for for the benefit of truth. You're not lying for the purpose of informing your audience. You're lying for the clicks. That's what I would say. What Elon doesn't say is whether he's right or wrong. Now, chances are Elon can't answer that question because there's so much about it that's subjective, right? Hate. What what do you right. consider? What I consider hateful? Co- I I don't consider anything hateful content. To, there's legal content, and there's illegal content. To me, hate speech doesn't exist. I may not like what somebody has to say, but that doesn't make it hate speech. I think this this little BBC guy, and I'm glad I left England because. I think ultimately you're going to get indoctrinated into this, uh, for lack of a better term, snowflake mentality that that so many Brits seem to have adopted over the last 20 years. So I'm I'm glad I left there and didn't get wrapped up in that. But I don't even know where I was going with that. To be honest with you, I just I lost all. Uh, all track Talking of where about I defining, was headed. That, that Elon couldn't define hate speech either, or hateful content either. Yeah, and well, I don't. And even if you could, how do you how do you monitor what's coming up on somebody else's feed? The billions of Twitter feeds. How do you monitor? How do you know what the algorithms feeding to them? You know what I mean? Right. I will tell you this, and this is purely again, this is anecdotal. This is subjective. 
I see less harmful content on Twitter now. And I think it's because so many leftists left the platform. You remember I stopped using Twitter for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't stop using it. I just took a step back. Right? It's not like I went on Twitter and said, I'm rage quitting. I just, I just closed the app. Didn't use it for a while. Because every single thing was a barrage of attacks from leftists. Everything you posted, everything you said was, was just dogpiled by remarkably angry leftist keyboard warriors. I don't see that anymore. Since Elon took over, I don't experience that anymore. And again, I don't call that hate speech. Um, I, it was it was juvenile, and it was right. what they were allowed to get away with. You know, I was going to ask you that. Are they gone, do you think, or are they just not as brazen because they're no longer protected? It's a very good question. It's a very good question, but that's been my personal experience. Let's go. Let's let uh, Elon finish wiping the floor with yeah. this guy. Give me a single example of hateful con content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed- You just lied. What, no, no, what I claimed was, uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has on my Give me feed one or example. not- I mean, I, right, and Literally if you look at something one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, U in the UK, they will say that. So they, Look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right, and as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know? Let, that I don't you, think this is getting anywhere. You literally said... You he's trying to back out now. Time. He knows, he knows yeah. he's done, and he's, he's like, okay, we're not getting anywhere. Let's move on to my next ridiculous line of questioning um, accusations and lies. Content. And then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I that's absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then how would you know this hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have, we only have a certain amount of time. Yeah, um, let's move well, on. We only have a certain amount of time. This is how, maybe not in that style. If if you're if you like the Socratic style, have at it. But this is how more people need to start dealing with the media. The problem is the media closes ranks. This is how Donald Trump, President Trump, used to deal with the media. He would accuse them of being fake news and then beat them up on their lies. Right. Right? And it was it was brilliant. We loved it. As, as much as people say, especially on the left, as much as, oh, I hate Donald Trump and his rhetoric, they loved seeing the combative, the, the, that combat between Donald Trump and the legacy media, because nobody trusts the legacy American media. The, the trustworthiness of American media is below 10% world, worldwide. That's the American media viewed globally. Their trustworthy rating is under 10% because they aren't, they aren't news networks. And that interview was a classic example of if you're a journalist, you do your research. This is why I'm not a journalist because eh, why, why am I going to research? Um, yeah, I still do more research than that. That bows up. Right. That's the thing. If I was going to go to somebody and make that accusation, I would go with evidence in hand and say, here, how do you respond to this? How do you, he just goes there and says, oh, I see more dick ends. There are more bell ends on my feed since you took over. But I, I can't even say that because I haven't looked at my feed in four weeks. And maybe I looked at it before that. And maybe there were some things there, but I can't, can't give you any specifics because I'm not a journalist. Because it's been four weeks, so how could I possibly remember from then? That's right. And we're all short attention span theater these right. days. How can you be possibly be, as a journalist, expected to remember facts four weeks later? God, I think we expect too much from the media. But that that's Elon Musk taking it 
to the legacy media right now. I wish more people would be combative with these folks and call them out on their lies because millions and millions of people are going to see that both Republican and Democrat. And if they go, if they watch it with an open mind, they're going to see the BBC exposed for the lies that they espouse. And the BBC are famed for spreading misinformation. Right. They do it for the government. They do it at the behest of the government because they are government. The, the chancellor, the chancellor of the BBC, imagine the BBC having a chancellor is handpicked by the government for that position. The upper level board members are mostly a bunch of dudes from the House of Lords. She's, of course they are. People look at the BBC like a respected news agency. And in many cases, it, back in the day, they used to be. Now they're just the propaganda arm for the government. And I want to say this. We're going to do a show in the future on a post-woke culture. And one of the keys to remember is that the people, the people we're talking, the people we pick on now, these Zoomers and these young millennials, these are the people who are going to be running this country. These, these, these people that we're ideologically opposed to. My ideology is a complete 180 from most of these, uh, you know, these uh, social... Uh, social justice zoomers. But these are the kids that are going to be entrenched in our bureaucracies and our institutions. And those are the people that run this country. Politicians don't run America. Bureaucrats do. The, The nameless, faceless, unelected bureaucrats run this country. And the more of them that can be exposed to things like this, things like Elon Musk, just did there, exposing the media for the liars that they are, drawing attention to NPR and the fact that NPR just blatantly lied about their level of government funding, blatantly lied about the fact that they are, they are government media. They are state-sponsored media. No different to Pravda. No, right. No different right. to the BBC. No different. No different to the CBC. They are state-sponsored media. PBS, same way, state-sponsored media. They like to lie about it because there was a time where we weren't able to look into this and research it. Well, right. now we can. Now we can, and we can counter their lies with facts. And it's important to, I would say, tweet NPR, but by their own admission, they're ver- they're, they, NPR are on Twitter. They're not deleting their accounts. Their accounts are still there. And he made it very clear, our journalists can still use Twitter. So right. it's purely a virtue signal. That's all it is. So you can still tweet MP, uh, NPR and you can ask them, why is your COO on TV lying? Why is he not lying? Why is he on TV spreading, giving misinformation, giving false information, claiming that only 1% comes from the federal government, ignoring the fact that you also get state and local funding and grants, and that in 2017, you got 4% of your budget from the federal government, and that it only averages out to 1% of federal money, yet he ignores the rest of the public funding. Ask them why they're allowed to go, why they are allowed on their own media to lie. Right. But they don't, they don't like anyone else lying. It's pure hypocrisy. 
Don't trust the legacy media in America. And that doesn't mean trust us. I, I've always said from the day we started doing this show, fact check us, double check us. Don't, don't take anything we say at face value. We try to bring you sources. By the way, these sources tonight, that's Newsweek. These numbers here came from Newsweek. These numbers here came from NPR themselves. Those are the, those are the sources we try to use. We try to keep away from obscure, what might be considered fringe sources. Right. And there's a lot of stories we don't bring you if we can't find another source from a, I hate to say legacy media. Well, more reputable. More Not reputable. Not necessarily legacy, but. A, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that. An established source. Yeah. It's unfortunate that so many people wouldn't trust a story if it came from a source they simply don't trust. Like Breitbart, for example. Right. Many people say, oh, it's Breitbart. Of course it's not true. Except that Breitbart, Breitbart rarely publish anything that's false. Rarely. They're in, we never use them, but they're one of the most trusted news sources I've ever come across. Yeah, they used to not be right, but then they rectified some stuff and they got a green check or whatever it is. Yes. Let's go with that. And it was, wasn't it not correcting? Like, it was something silly, like that they they had to go back and like change how they, when they made a mistake, how they, um, Have they issued retractions yeah, yeah, and thank corrections? You. Yes, retracted. Right. That was what I was looking right. for. We we've issued corrections here. If I find out I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong. I don't mind being wrong. Absolutely. I'm wrong about many things. But we we try to present you good sources of information. Unlike NPR, who used their own platform to lie to you. They used their own platform and their own reach to lie to you. A legacy news outlet who are funded by the taxpayer, intentionally spreading mis, mis and disinformation. I wonder why Joe Biden and his disinformation czar haven't jumped on them and stripped them of any funding already. Right. It's because they, they, they spread, they spread the right disinformation. Yeah. They towed the party well. line. Yeah. It's absolutely disgusting. Danielle, we're out of time. We are over time. Yeah, we are. Hey, you and, uh, I almost said you and Al, you are Al. You and Dave doing a show Saturday? Uh, yes. Yeah. A little, little tax day party. Yep. Dave and I will be here Saturday morning. Um, talking about some leaks, I believe among oh. other things. Yeah. We'll we're be talking about some leaking. That'll be interesting. I will see y'all yeah, then. That will be over on Locals for... Um, Supporters. Let me come over here because I didn't give anyone a chance to, I guess, see that. That will be over on Locals on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. If you want to join in, head over there and um, we'll see you at 10. Yeah. And we will be back Monday. Not on Facebook. Correct. But we will share the Rumble link on Facebook until Facebook just straight shuts us down. So y'all, we love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you out there. Bye guys. Thank Bye, you. Friends. Love you guys.